Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today CIO Podcast. I'm John Lin, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today, and I'm excited to bring you the most practical healthcare CIO insights and perspectives. We know your job is challenging and we want to help you be more successful. And today's guest is Dr. Patrick McGill. He's Chief Transformation Officer at Community Health Network. Welcome, Patrick. Hey, thanks for having me today, John. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself and Community Health Network. Yeah, so like you're, like the intro said, uh, Patrick McGill, I'm the Chief Transformation Officer at Community Health Network. And for those who, of you that aren't familiar with Community, we're an integrated healthcare system based in Indianapolis, Indiana. We have five uh, main hospitals. We have four smaller, especially in rehab hospitals. Okay. We employ about 16,000 uh, caregivers, and we have about 1,600 employed physicians across all specialties. Um, heavily in primary care. We're the market leader in oncology, women's services, behavioral health, um, providing the largest uh, amount of behavioral health services in central Indiana. So um, pretty broad breadth of, of responsibility clinical um, across the region and in the area. Uh, we do everything except for pediatric subspecialties and, and transplants. And um, you know, you know, I think that we have a great organization we've made, and we'll talk some about it today, I'm sure, made some great investments in technology and, and really tried to be innovative when it comes to uh, value-based care and some other areas. So, Interesting. Already moving to value-based care. Uh, maybe I should make that a standard question for everyone. How far are you to value-based care? Yeah, I think that, that, you know, that's the question that comes up all the time, right? And, and being in the Midwest, you know, we're fervently fee-for-service, but we've, we've been very aggressive uh, when it comes to value-based care. We've been in a next-gen ACO uh, when mm-hmm. that program was was up and running, we've moved back to MSSP, um, and we're trying to you know debate whether we go the ACO reach um, uh, route. Uh, all of our Medicare Advantage contracts are uh, downside risk, and so we have about about seventy thousand patients, Medicare patients, either in in MSSP or Medicare Advantage, and probably another hundred uh, plus patients, hundred thousand uh, patients that are in some sort of shared savings, you know, contract with within the commercial space. And so we've been very aggressive and, and very successful when it comes to uh, value-based care, really focusing on quality and access and, and all the things that you need to be successful. Impressive. So what would you say is the most exciting project that you and your team are, are working on right now? I think that's a, that's a very interesting question. I, and I don't know that I could pick one, right? So oh, yeah. if you look across like children, you can't pick yeah, one, right. you have How to you choose a few. Okay, child. we can have a few. Right. Um, <laughs> it depends on the day, right? Some, some days you like one child more than the other. So some days I have one project that I like more than the other. Yeah, but one project's yeah. behind, it gets a little yeah, bit that's frustrated. Right. Yeah, that makes one, sense. One project's really making you frustrated, but um you know, as the chief transformation officer, I get to oversee, I oversee all of IT and analytics. Uh, so, so our IT operations and functions roll up to me, our, our analytics center of excellence uh, rolls up to me. But I also oversee uh, performance improvement, regulatory reporting, information security. Um, and then as of June, I get to oversee or uh, home care hospice, HME and DME wow. now report up to me as well. So I have a unique role at community. And so that's where I have a lot of different projects. So if you said, you know, what's the one pro- one or two projects that I'm most excited about? We recently uh, signed an agreement to, to go down the CRM route. Um, okay. We're going to implement Microsoft uh, Dynamics 365 uh, starting in September, uh, you know, begin that project rolling out. Super excited about that project. 
to really transform and understand the patient journey, you know, how, how we, you know, interact with patients, how patients interact with us. So mm -hmm. really creating that experience to know the patient, um, give them that, that experience that they all want and desire. So that's really exciting. I mean, I think that's going to be transformative for the organization. Yeah. I um, like I mentioned earlier, we've got a lot of activities in value-based care direct to employer that that's, that's an interesting space and it's, it's so complex, but it's exciting at the same time. And then we're, you know, we're working on a lot of the things that everybody else is working on. How can we automate more? Uh, how can we address the labor shortages through technology, the labor challenges, I should say, with, with technology? And then one that I'm really excited that doesn't really fit, um, you know, it doesn't really fit in the technology space, but we've launched a partnership starting in April uh, with Grail to offer the gallery test, which is an early detection of cancer blood test. Hmm. And so when you think about really innovative, uh, when I think of transformation, oftentimes we think of technology or, or some other things, but we view it differently, right? We're, we're partnering and, and innovating and, and transforming in, in clinical areas as well. I, I'm lucky that I still, I get to practice one day a week, uh, still see patients one day a week. I'm a family physician by background. And so that gives me that frontline real world experience about how we take care of patients and, and, and really deliver the best care. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to see a whole evolution of that. That's going to be interesting. I mean, certainly I look at the communication platforms that are available today, but we need to layer on that, the, the life science piece, right? Which I think right. is what you're saying, right? The screenings, the tests, the labs, the et cetera, you know, sensors, wearables, and then on top of the communication and interoperability platforms that IT provides. So exactly. I think that's the most interesting stuff. Sounds right. like and, and really marrying. Uh, so the, the Grail Gallery project has been very interesting because we really married, you know, technology and, mm -hmm. and alerts in the EMR. How do you identify patients that are eligible with this test? And so it's, it's been, it's been a great partnership and, you know, we're, we're going to start to experiment, kind of go down the precision medicine route, like, like many places are. Um, but so it just depends on the day, right? You know, it depends on what project. Going back to your original question, we, we've got so much going on, so much excitement. Um, and, and we've really leveraged the pandemic with all the, all the bad parts of the pandemic. <laughs> I think we've really tried to stay focused and leverage the pandemic to, to drive organizational change. Yeah, interesting. So, I mean, we hear a lot about different technologies. Is there a technology that you haven't implemented, you know, that you, you, you're keeping an eye on that you think, you know, eventually might make an impact on your organization? Yeah, that's, you know, so this is very timely. So, so I'm, I'm dealing with two companies right now. Uh, one is in robots. Um, so, and I know that other organizations have implemented robots, but I don't know that they're that widespread in no, healthcare. And so, you know, we're talking about navigation robots, robots that can clean the floor, deliver supplies, deliver food. Uh, so we're going down that route um, wow. in our hospitals and in our ambulatory clinics. Uh, again, like I said, I, I, I still practice. And so next Monday after clinic, I'm, the company's going to bring some robots out to my, to my clinic and we're going to trial them and experiment. When I, when, I lost, when I brought this idea to my office manager, he literally thought I was joking. Like, <laughs> robots, what are you talking about? And I said, look, this is this is something that we need to do. We have a big office. You know, is there opportunity to automate some of the administrative work with robots? And then, and then the other one that's really exciting. I, I, you know, we're having the conversations. I still haven't quite figured out the first use case, but it's with drones. 
And mm. so it seems like every time I turn around, I was in some meetings on Friday and uh, every, I was with the CEO, our CEO most of the day and every kind of problem that was brought up, he kind of looked at me and said, either a robot or a drone could fix that problem. And so, <laughs> you know, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I, you know, I don't know where that's going to go, but it's exciting. And, um, you know, even so everybody thinks of drones like Amazon and delivering packages, but one of our operational leaders brought a problem to us that said, you know, about delivering samples, blood samples from the lab to the, um, from the surgery center to the lab that could be fixed with a drone. Right. And so, so I think that it's just super exciting to, to look at some of these things and just always keep an open mind. Yeah. Well, and let's be honest, we have workforce challenges. We may need those robots because we can't get the people. So you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Makes sense. How about interoperability? How are you approaching that as an organization? Like, I always, you know, wonder, you know, a lot of people hammer the EHR vendors for not being interoperable. And I'm like, well, did their customers want it? (laughs) Like, is is the need to share data really a priority for your organization? Or where are you at in that whole interoperability discussion? You know, I think it's a continuum. So as we've been, you know, as we've been digging deeper into value-based care, sharing data and, and understanding where the patients are receiving care is, is so important. So it's, it's hard to manage the total cost of care if you're only getting a snapshot, if you only have a snapshot of the data, right? Claims data is so lagged that it's, it's just hard to man, actively manage. I mean, you can do it, people do it all the time, but it's hard to actively manage. And so, yeah, I, I mean, to answer your question, I think interoperability sharing data is huge. We're very lucky in Indiana that we have the Indiana Health Information Exchange. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> So now with the pandemic, every health system in Indiana shares data with IHI. Uh, we're working on the ambulatory sites to get more ambulatory data in there, but that's huge when it comes to some of the data sharing and inter- interoperability. You know, we're an Epic shop, so Epic has come a long way when it comes to sharing data, um, you know, through uh, Care Everywhere and, and we're lucky that three of the five health systems in Indianapolis um, are on Epic. And so we were able to share a lot of data. Uh, my IT team is, is probably sick of me talking about my, my goal is to eliminate faxing out of our health system. And so, you know, I think that we do a lot of faxing today because we have limitations in data sharing and interoperability. And if we could solve that, I think we could eliminate faxing uh, completely uh, but the number of faxes that we receive uh, it has been just astronomical. And if you think about that from a workforce standpoint, the amount of faxing, printing, scanning, all of that work that goes into it. So we've really taken that on as an interoperability approach and, and gone to our other health systems, offices, ambulatory offices that are not affiliated with us and said, how are we going to share this data differently? We can't, we can't continue hmm. to fax paper back and forth. I was going to say, that's going to be your challenge is like, post-acute care that doesn't even have an EHR, barely got Wi-Fi, right? <laughs> like right. some right. of those places are, the, uh, you know, faxing right. seems cheap for them, but, right? It's, but that's where, that's where we're going to need technology vendors to help us. That's where we're going to need, you know, health information exchanges to step in. And quite frankly, we may need legislation to come from our state government to say, you've got to share data. That's not, you, you don't have a choice. And so you know, I, I think it's going to be a multi-factorial, multi-pronged approach to fix this problem, but I think it's a huge opportunity for innovation, thinking differently, and we all know that it's going to change the trajectory of care, whether it's cost or quality or experience, so it's going to be worth doing it. Yeah. 
So we talked a little bit about the workforce challenges we face. I, I think both provider side, but even IT staff side that now can work anywhere, <laughs> it seems, Fine. with virtual. Uh, what do you think the most successful thing you've done as a leader for your team is? Yeah, you know, I think I think recently, if you look over the last couple of years, and I'll, I'll go back to the beginning of the pandemic, one, mm -hmm. you know, if I had to kind of reflect on my my leadership and my, you know, one of the things that I did through COVID, especially the height of COVID, was, was provide a certain level of stability to mm -hmm. the teams, you know. Having a clinical background, I think, helped. Um, we, we really leaned in and, and, and helped, um, we, we provided, we set up analytic dashboards around COVID very quickly. And so having that organization, having that horizontal view, my teams always talk about me, uh, or always hear me talk about the horizontal view. Hmm. Um, and it's, and I think that's really important when it comes to transformation. So I think giving that, that stability, um, was important. You know, there's other things that we did uh, throughout the last couple of years, either during the height of the pandemic or others, we we put our last hospital system or our last hospital, I should say, the inpatient setting, put it on Epic. I mean, that's that was in the middle of the pandemic. We put that hospital on Epic. That's no small feat. Uh, we added, um, you know, we completely ripped and replaced our entire experience management platform and, and implemented and partnered with with Qualtrics. We moved our data warehouse to the cloud. And so when you say, you know, as a leader, you know, what was my role in that? I think my role was to provide the vision, the strategy, and then and then the stability as a leader, you know, to, to stay steadfast as, as challenges came, a, came ahead. You know, one of the things I'm most proud about that we've done in the last couple of years is we've stood up in the transformation team, throughout the transformation team, um, monthly DEI education sessions. And so focusing on diversity, equity, inclusion has been one of the uh, key tenets of our organization. But I'm, I'm happy to say that we've taken that on uh, throughout, throughout my areas as well and, and really focused. I think been one of the network leaders um, as a department in that space as well. And so I'm very proud of that, that, you know, that starts with executive leadership. Um, and, you know, I'm very proud of that. So I would say that, you know, you could look across many different areas um, and it, you know, honestly, it depends on how you want to measure success. Is it, is it cost reduction or cost containment? Yeah, we've been successful with that. Is it innovation? Yeah, I think with our partnerships and some other things we've done, we've been innovative. And then, you know, looking at our people, uh, whether it's through DEI or recruitment and retention, I think we've been successful in that, in that area as well. Yeah, I think we underestimate the value of stability, especially for employees. I, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, what's disappointment, and it's when expectations don't match reality. And, and you know, and so, you know, when you have stability, you avoid the disappointment that many have. So uh, right. that's really impressive. Uh, right. I, I like right. the idea. Yeah, uh, you know, I would say I don't want people to get the wrong impression that we're perfect. We have, we have our warts as well. But I think that's being honest and saying, hey, Transformation is about continuing to move one step forward every day, and I think that that's, um, and I think that's the, something that we've really sh strived for, and and continue to work on every day. Yeah, for sure. Well, we like to wrap these up with a little career advice. Is kind of our, our final final question here. What advice would you give to to other CIOs out there? Yeah, I think that I, I think the first thing is what we were just talking about, right? Never be afraid to move forward, never be afraid, never stop moving forward. Mm. Always be forward looking, uh, always try to be innovative. And those, those sound trite, but they're, they're much harder, um, harder to do than, than, than said. 
You know, I think the other thing I, I often tell people is, I think, um, especially when people are asking me for advice or, or other things, mm -hmm. um, is don't be afraid to partner. I, I often talk to a lot of people who have this mentality of we're gonna we're gonna build everything on our own, right? We're gonna do all this in house, and I think I think don't underestimate the value of partnerships, um, especially when you're earlier in your career. Now you got to pick the right partners, right? And you gotta you gotta <laughs> leverage those partners, and you gotta get all the value out of them that you can. But it's this it's this I can do everything mentality versus I I know what the limitations of my organization is, and I need to I need to find the right partners. And take that a step further, I need to figure out how my partners can work together. Um, you know, kind of partners being partners, I think, is, is really key. Um, and then it goes back to what we were talking about, right? The, the other piece of advice is, is um, have an open mind, listen to your team, really, really encourage and, and um, support your teams um, to, to think differently. I think sometimes we we get into our silos and this is the way we've always done things. And I think it, that's a challenge every day. So every day I wake up thinking, how can we do something different today that we didn't, you know, from what we did yesterday. And that's the mentality I need to instill in my team uh, that we try to instill. And I think that's the other, the last piece of advice that I would give to other CIOs is, is never be satisfied, right? There's mm -hmm. always room for improvement and, and you can always be better. Absolutely. Well, Patrick, this was uh, incredible. I love the insights and perspectives, some of the you know, exciting projects you're working on. I think you gave some great uh, insights and perspectives for other CIOs. And thanks everyone for watching and listening. If you want to find more great healthcare IT content like this, be sure to check it out at healthcareittoday.com or search for the CIO podcast by Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcasting application. Thanks so much, Patrick. Hey, thanks again for having me.